Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Steve Pintado. And today's episode, we're talking more wide receiver tiers. Uh, we did the first 25 players about a week and a, about a week or so ago, and now we're doing the next 25. This is the probably the round five to ten range in terms of where they're going right now. So uh, it's going to be a really fun episode today. And as always, let me introduce. My co-host, Coach Jibs. What's going on, buddy? What it do, fam? I'm mad I missed out on the first half of wide receivers. Um, You've definitely said the wrong wording of tears because, like, looking at these wide receiver three and beyond, sometimes it brings tears to my eyes having to pick one of these guys. But um, that's why you got to get some of those top elite guys. But, yeah, I'm ready to rock today. Yeah, no, uh, it's going to be exciting, man. It's just just you and me today. So there's no guest guys. Our guest – Billy couldn't make it today, uh, so hopefully we'll get him on in the future at some point. But, Billy, if you do happen to tune in, man, we miss you today for sure, buddy. Uh, so, like I said, we're talking wide receiver tiers today, and we're just going to kind of get right into it. Uh, again, there's not too much in the news. Some people kind of banged up here and there. If you got the chance to watch the preseason, fantastic. A lot of fun things. Don't take everything you see in preseason as NFL season. So those don't really correlate constantly. So um, just keep at it. Just going to see how many people are actually playing, see how much they're playing, see much targets they're kind of getting. Just don't overthink the preseason games. They're not going to be what you see in the regular season more times than not. So, But it's always fun to watch preseason. And there were definitely some great moments, especially with the rookies and some of the young guys who we all expect to take some big leaps in their first or second years in the NFL. But – uh, we're going to get right into it today, and on today, we got the high-end wide receiver threes we're starting off here with at this point. Um, Odell Beckham, Brandon Ayuk, Jam- uh, Jamal Chase, Chase Claypool, and T. Higgins here. And now, at this point, since I couldn't put him in there, Michael Thomas actually fell down to this tier now, so he's slowly dropping, and I think Odell and Brandon Ayuk moved up like to the next tier here. But they're in this tier here now. We've talked a lot about these guys for the most part, but I kind of want to start with Chase Claypool, Jibs. Chase Claypool, I mean, honestly, a uh, shot out of nowhere rookie last season who kind of just made his earnings off of uh, big playability and touchdowns here. But, uh, you know, how likely are you going to go after a guy like Chase Claypool because of his potential, but offense is crowded? I would still like to go uh, try to acquire him, especially if I'm playing in like a half PPR league format, just be, just because of his touchdown upside. I know Big Ben and the Steelers are going to be – a team in the NFL that passes a lot, probably going to be up there in the pass attempts. So I think there's still enough targets to go around. I don't think any of three of these wide receivers are going to like outsmoke them. Obviously, I think we both think Deontay Johnson definitely has a clear path, a clearer pathway to be a more of a stronger wide receiver too. But like for Claypool, like I, w- I want to get into some of them. Like I think he has great utility. He gets a lot um, involved in the red zone and, various ways jet sweeps he's a big uh target as well so i don't i don't mind grabbing clay pool especially like as a later round this is the upside pick 
for you. That's pretty funny. And I actually missed uh, Jamar. Oh, no, I didn't miss Jamar Chase. And I just so happened to uh, chase, chase Claypool. So he got me on that one. Uh, uh, but I'm on the same boat. Honestly, I like Chase Claypool this year a lot. I really do. Uh, I don't like him as much as Deontay Johnson, though, still. But I think as your wide receiver three in fantasy, and that's why he's in this tier, he has that upside. He's got that high-end value that could provide him. God forbid he could end up being a top 12 fantasy wide receiver this year because of his his ability. I mean, he he's like a bigger built frame almost, not of DK Metcalf, not in terms of maybe what you see in his muscle mass like DK has, but in terms of his his size and the speed that he does have to play in the NFL. I mean, he's out there. You saw in the first preseason game, and it was a Hall of Fame game, he's out there making leaping catches. That's kind of what he's able to do in the NFL. And Big Ben, hopefully another year off the shoulder injury is a good thing and kind of can keep him – pressure throughout an entire season or at least through an entire game to give Chase Claypool more of that option again in that wide receiver three range right now I mean you couldn't be more happy because if you look at the guys in this tier and the next tier uh outside of maybe Chase and Higgins and maybe Ayuk if you like Ayuk like that Claypool has that upside that you really like so uh he's definitely a great guy to target right now um and we'll stay in this area for a couple more t- rounds but Chase and Higgins, Jibs, the Bengals star two wide receivers. Obviously, Tyler Boyd is great, but he's not in this tier, unfortunately. This is all ADP guys. So when we're talking, these guys are just based off their ADP, and I kind of tiered them up a little bit where they're at currently. But if you had a pick right now, because they're going in somewhat the similar range, would you prefer the youngster, Chase, um, uh, Jamar Chase, or do you want the second-year guy in T. Higgins? Uh, I'm going with the second-year guy, a guy who's already been established in the offense. Uh, we know, well, you, typically, uh, historically, working wide receivers do get off to a slow start, so I'm not putting nothing against Chase. He is a shiny new toy, and I know he'll get utilized with Joe Burrow. We saw last year that all three wide receivers, or the three wide receivers predominantly could go over 100 targets, so I think Jamar Chase will make his leeway, but I'm going to go with T Higgins. He's been, he's getting uh, such rave reviews in camp and like, I'm not really a guy for coach speak, but when you have like any, everyone and their mother talking about T Higgins, I think like it's a criminal that he's going behind Jamar Chase in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm on the same boat here, uh, honestly as well. I mean, the connection they have is pretty strong as well. Uh, Again, Jamar Chase hasn't played in over a year. Again, that has to have some kind of some kind of negative towards his game early on, at least. He might end up picking up midseason or something like that. But Higgins, we saw last year, whether Joe Barr was out there or not, he performed to a high level. And I think you have to look at it. If a player you saw was able to perform at that strong level in the NFL compared to at the college level, sometimes I put that as, I put that ahead, even though Jamar Chase had an unbelievable uh, college year in 2019. Uh, T. Higgins showed that he can perform as a top, you know, 20 wide receiver in fantasy. So I'm going to stick with that. Again, he's going to be someone who's going to see plenty of targets. I expect 100 targets for pretty much all three of these wide receivers here. And this offense has to throw the ball. And Higgins is a great value in this in this round here because he could be a pretty solid wide receiver, too, for you. But you're getting maybe as your wide receiver three overall right now. Um I guess I'll just quickly, real quick, Jim, I'm going to mention Jamar Chase into more of a positive note because, again, uh, this kid, blazing speed, fantastic route running. Uh, man catches everything that comes his way. I know there has been talks about separation issues at camp. Uh, don't don't overthink that a little bit. He'll, he'll get there. He'll adjust to the next level here. He will. He's a fantastic wide receiver. And, um, again, I like Higgins and Claypool, I think, better than they've been in Chase, Jibs. I think you can agree with that. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, but 
Jamar Chase ain't no uh, – he, he's not going to be as bad as those guys. I'd just rather have those two and be more safe. But Jamar Chase is going to be better than A.J. Green, and that's that's going without said. Exactly. He, he's a waste of time last year. He's going to have – he's not going to be like – I think A.J. Green had one of the worst um, catch, ratio, catch ratio last year. It was like 56%. Uh, it was one of the worst, like, of all times to the wide receiver who saw over 100 targets in the offense here. So expect Jamar Chase to have a little bit better play going into this next season here. So uh, we're going to head over to the next year because we've talked about Odell and then Brandon Ayuk over the last two podcasts, basically. So uh, we're going to switch over to the next one here. And these are just the rest of the wide receiver threes here. Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Smith, Chase, uh, Chase Scott, uh, DJ Shark, Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, Debo Samuels, and uh, Jerry Judy. Again, there's a lot of people in this tier here. I know it's really hard to want to separate this tier because there's so many ups and downs in terms of players. But if you just had to pick one to start us off, Jibs, who is one player you really like in this tier that you're targeting? Um, AJ Green had 45% completion. I mean, <laughs> so that's pretty terrible, 45. But um, 45, even worse. Uh, out of this group, I, I'm gonna go with Juju and Ju- Jerry Judy. All the J's, you know. Uh, and for Juju, it's just like I know what I'm gonna get out of him. Like if I just kind of need a good wide receiver three, a steady wide receiver three, I'm just gonna go with Juju. I know he could provide a somewhat floor. I know the touchdowns could be uh, hit or miss with him, especially with uh, given the offensive weapons surrounding him, but. Juju Smith-Schuster, basically, week to week, like, he'll give you wide receiver two games. He gives you wide receiver three predominantly, but I'll take that on my team. And for upside pick, like, uh, just watching some of the training camp, I mean, not training camp, the preseason game, and just seeing what Judy could do, I just think he provides, uh, hopefully the situation, the quarterback situation gets uh, corrected. But, like, he just provides that offense with such – intermediate deep he could do it all just like route running wise and i think he could just kind of elevate drew lock into becoming a better passer so i like those few two guys the most out of the group yeah i i, I agree with you to i agree with you for sure i mean i do like Cortland sutton i'll talk about him in a second but judy fantastic route runner like jibs already mentioned and i think if drew lock takes that step you'll be happy about catting J- jerry judy in that situation if not you're going to have Teddy Bridgewater, who was very well, really great last year with both DJ Moore and uh, Robbie Anderson. So Judy should be fine this year. And I think he's even, in terms of where I'm seeing him actually really go, I feel like he goes lower than where he's actually ADP projected in a lot of my leagues for some reason. It's just mind-boggling. And then you have Juju, who I think is a safe wide receiver three right now in, in fantasy because he might not have that upside that you really want. Um, but he's going to provide you with a solid for each week, especially if he sits in that slot role consistently enough. And um, last year he had his best catch rate, but he had one of his worst uh, yards per reception last year. But I think that's what you're getting more of that safe floor than that upside that we used to see Juju in his early days uh, in Pittsburgh. But Corlin Sutton is a guy I really wanted to mention here because I think he's being very overlooked right now as a wide receiver three. I mean, this man is, he's big. Uh, he's able to go downfield and catch balls. And I think if Drew Locke can take that next step, Cortland Sutton's going to be right there. He's going to there go, he's going to be their red zone threat in this offense here. And I think this offense can push the ball downfield a little bit more than what you saw from the 2020 Broncos. Uh, again, Cortland Sutton, again, he should definitely be someone you target in this range here. 
Uh, James, are you scared about the tight end duo in in Philly right now for Devontae Smith? Because they look good out there. Again, it was only preseason, but if Earth stays, I mean, it might be a tight end duo we're seeing out there, and then Smith might not be the the alpha wide receiver that we all expect him to be in this offense right now. Well, uh, I wouldn't say scared. I still think he could reach some adequate production, but I don't think he could have like that Justin Jefferson type elite season where he's just a force to be reckoned with on the f- field. But from the what I saw of the Eagles game, like they're going to be hitting those tight ends often and a lot. So there's going to be two of them. And like I know, like sometimes they don't run like they could run one tight end sets, but like. Even so, like you have a backup, you always have one good tight end on the field. So I think they're, that's just going to be a cog in the offensive scheme for the Eagles. But um, yeah, I hope like he could reach like seven, eight targets a game. But you still have to account for other pieces like Rager and Watkins as well. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to mention that. And I'm glad you put that out there because... I think Smith is going a little high right now in terms of as a wide receiver three, because I think they're going to use this tight end duo a lot more than you think, as long as Ertz is there. And I think at this point, I don't really see a trade coming for Zach Ertz unless they're showing him off in the preseason to say, Hey, he's good and ready to go. Maybe we see a trade then at that point. But um, if, if Zach Ertz is, is sitting there come September you know, 9th and the season's about to start, uh, that's why I kind of want to put him in that tier below guy like Smith right now, because I don't know if he's going to see that elite production in year one, even though I love Smith, I love his talent coming out. Um, it could be a somewhat of a trap if you're expecting him because I see people taking him as their wide receiver too, which might be a mistake in, in, in fantasy this year. So I think more of it as the four makes a little bit more sense this year for a guy like guy Devonte Smith right now. So. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Robbie Anderson. Let me stick here real quick with Robbie Anderson because Robbie Anderson's definitely a polarized player right now. And the fact that is that I don't know what we're going to see in Robbie Anderson this year. I mean, we saw him go from a deep threat downfield for four years with New York and then him to be a little bit more of a consistent possession style wide receiver under Teddy Bridgewater. But now Sam Donald's back. And again, there's a ton of more weapons this season. Obviously, with CMC coming back, Terrence Marshall. Um, do you expect... Robbie Anderson to see that similar production you you saw last year in him, Jibs? Uh, I don't think similar. I don't. I definitely don't think he's going to get close to the 142 mark that he got, the target mark that he got last year. Uh, maybe the completions come down. I know CMC is definitely going to be a big uh, implication on his fantasy um, output. But um, I think I, I'm more of a believer in DJ Moore. I think he could kind of have a more elevated season with Sam Darnold, I guess more consistency. But I, I think Robbie Anderson, I don't know where he finished last year. I know he was wide receiver one range for quite some time, but I think he's going to be more or less like, I guess within the higher wide receiver three range. More wide, what he's, I'm sorry, he finished wide receiver 17 this past season. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely bet to say like 30, 33 range. You're taking him at, I think, at his at his ceiling here as a wide receiver three. Okay, maybe he could end up being a top 30 wide receiver per se, which is still a wide receiver three. Um, but again, CMC changes the way this offense works, Jibs. Um, the run game is going to be there so much more than it was last year with Mike Davis, who died at the end of the season, basically. And DJ Moore, I think, is going to move to the slot at times, which will be great. And Terrence Marshall, I think, could be an upgrade over Curtis Samuel 
in terms of actually a full wide receiver that you have out there on a consistent basis. So uh, I wouldn't expect him to be as, as a wide receiver three. I like him better as, as a four than a three on my team personally. And yeah, just a, another data point, like looking back at the Carolina uh, Panthers offense, I know just new uh, things and new people in place, but Christian McCaffrey, 2019, 2018, he led the team in targets over a hundred. Um, going back to 2019, it was basically him, then DJ Moore with a hundred targets and barely cracking. It was um, Curtis Samuel, but I, I just think it's going to be DJ Moore, Curtis, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. And after that, like Robbie's going to be hard pressed to even kind of come close to what he even had producing last year. I think, yeah, like, I think more of the 90 target range is what you're expecting for a guy like Robbie Anderson to kind of thrive this year than the 140 he saw last year. Yeah. All right. All right. Guy or so. 70 catches. He could absolutely do that. Absolutely. Robbie Anderson has that in his ability for sure. All right. Over to the next tier here now. The high-end wide receiver fours at this point. This tier kind of includes Tyler Boyd, Antonio Brown, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Jarvis Landry here. So I'm going to start with Tyler Boyd here, Jibs. We'll start from the top here because uh, we've been going pretty quick on this episode, which I love. Uh, is it really? Is it possible that Tyler Boyd actually finishes better than both Higgins and chase this year do you have that does that do you believe in that or is it not you don't believe in that kind of situation anything's possible but i don't believe so why not i i just think just the way like it depends if jamar chase kind of wants to like go inside that slot role and that kind of frees up tyler boyd to do more things in the perimeter i think he may have a better shot because he won't be as in uh inside between the numbers, we could give him a better chance of scoring touchdowns in theory. He's always been a low touchdown guy to some extent. But for me, I just think Higgins provides that like big kind of big uh, receiving threat. And I think they're all chip away at each other, but I still think I'm going to put my money with Higgins, but we know Tyler Boyd's been the consistent guy going basically 900, a thousand yard receiver over the last three years. So he's easy. He's, he's like a easy peasy kind of guy. That's a guy I, I want to have late as like a bench kind of flex receiver, but I, I just like Higgins better. And I respect it because you can say that Higgins has that upside that maybe Boyd doesn't, hasn't shown us to that extent, but uh, it's possible Boyd finishes actually as the wide receiver one on their team in terms of targets and possible fantasy points. And the reason is that Joe Burrow is not going to have a lot of time in this bargain. He's going to have to throw it short to somebody, and his reliable target is going to be Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd was wide receiver 18 through the first 10 weeks of the season prior to Joe Burrow going down. And then after that, Tyler Boyd kind of fell off, unfortunately, a little bit. But if Joe Burrow can stay healthy this year, which I think he should, uh, Tyler Boyd should be thriving in this offense as their slot guy. He's not lining up on the outside. It's going to be Chase and it's going to be Higgins on the outside. But Boyd gets the middle of the field here and sees the sees the uh, lesser coverage, you could say. And I think if you're getting him as your wide receiver four, you're going to be jumping up and down because he's going to provide such great value as a flex option all season long that you're like, why didn't I take him as my three, my th- wide receiver three and not my four? He's someone that I could see jumping into that wide receiver three tier, honestly. And he's, again, right on the outside of that cusp right now. So uh, moving over to the next guy here, Antonio Brown, Jibs. Uh, obviously, you know, Antonio Brown was a household name for so many years. Uh, a guy who would go almost second overall in a lot of redrafts here. But now he's with the Bucks again for another season here now. And 
playing for the full 17-game season with them instead of half the season. How do you feel about Antonio Brown? Is he the guy you're going for in the Bucks offense based on his value? Oh, of course. Uh, like I, I don't want to mess around with Godwin or Evans at that current ADP price. I think they're kind of um, interchangeable, not in a sense like I know uh, Godwin kind of provides that floored week to week while Evans has like immense touchdown upside. But, you know, he has hit or miss with boomer bust games. But I think Antonio Brown could be that nice little thing in between. We know uh how well Tom Brady wants to kind of wanted to bring him in when he was on the Patriots. He got him in as the Buccaneers and we showed rapport with him that he could be a target mon- magnet for Tom Brady at times. I know the Bucks offense is very convoluted and they have so many pieces at so many different positions, but for a guy that you're taking probably what pick a hundred ish around there, you really can't beat it. Like I'll take this guy at, at round nine or whatever the round is and kind of run 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 away with it yeah uh, i'm kind of on that same boat with you honestly like i'm honestly still scared i don't know if i really want to take antonio brown either um i mean it's feel like there's going to be points where antonio brown goes off big at times and there's going to be times where he's seen like three for 34 yards because godwin and mike evans happen to have to go off that week but uh again he could be a league winner and that's kind of why you take him in as a high-end wide receiver for but god Mike Evans has dealt with injuries. Chris Godwin obviously dealt with an injury this past season here. What if that comes back up? What if one of them two go down and then Antonio Brown is the wide receiver two on that team? He is going to thrive then at that point. I think if you take him knowing that he's going to be a guy who sees on and off production, great boomer bust kind of thing, fantastic. Uh, but it, you take him because of that upside where he could end up being their wide receiver two because of an injury really easy this season here. So, um, I don't hate Brown, but I'm definitely cautious about him a little bit. But he fits this tier where he's got that boomer bust range in him. And speaking about another boomer bust guy, Will Fuller, um, going to Miami now after five years with the Texans here now. Um, do you like Will Fuller with Miami right now? I don't know what to make of it. I feel like you're kind of just stuck in the dark because obviously he's – is he allowed to play in the preseason? I believe he is, but he hasn't played in the preseason. No, oh, okay. So that's even better. Well, it's only the first game, so maybe he'll get some playing time in the second and third game. But like, until I see him on the field and have uh, a better read of Tua and how he's going to perform in the Dolphins uniform, I'm kind of sticking away. Like The Dolphins added Wolf Fuller, and they really didn't lose much. So I know Preston Williams may be just a guy and he could soak up some of his targets, but they still have Grant Hearns, unfortunately, hit the um, the little short-term IR kind of situation. So I think he could like, and they added Waddle too. So I I just really don't want nothing to do with this offense. There's too many pieces and I don't think Tua is going to be a fantasy guy by any means. Whoa, but, whoa, whoa. But, but the uh, bright side, well, Will Fuller, like, you know what you're going to get. Like, last year he had scored almost 15 half PPR points per game, albeit it's a different offense. So you know the plays he can make. And he was definitely more consistent than he's ever been at any point of his career, although juice, juice. That is true. We won't get into that. But um, I'm I'm off Will Fuller, honestly. I don't want anything to do with him. And as a Dolphins fan, yeah, he's definitely going to be helpful for us. But Will Fuller, I mean, it's just that you notice he hasn't played more than 11 games in it in the last four seasons. 
Uh, he's just so up and down. Again, he could help you win a week here and there, but he's going to help you lose a couple weeks too, unfortunately. And unfortunately, if you start him in the wrong week where he plays three plays and then gets his hammy injured and he's out then the rest of the game, or it, to me, it's too much. It's way too much of a risk, especially he's going to be out week one already. So you won't have him at that point here. And at this point, if he falls to round 12 or later, maybe you'll scoop him. But anything before that, I think just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And now, He's also playing down in Miami now where their grass is likely wet 95% of the time. The field isn't the best field in Miami, unfortunately. Uh, he's coming from the the, the beautiful, sweet indoor Houston Stadium uh, where he spent most of his career. So it's going to be a change here for him, even though I think Will Fuller went oh, he went to Notre Dame. So I thought, I thought he went to Miami for some reason, but he went to Notre Dame. But again, it's not going to be good for a guy, a speedster like that, that relies on just that and his Amis get hurt way too often for my liking. So I'm kind of off that train uh, over to Brandon. You know, we talked about a lot about Brandon cook so far this season. What about Jarvis Landry here? What about Jarvis Landry this season with Odell back here? Now Landry kind of having some of a mediocre season, nothing to brag about, but it seems like he gets passed on because his upside isn't there. Are you someone who's passing on Landry? I'll take where I need him. I basically know what I'm going to get out of him. The guy is typically living in. <sighs> Sorry. I had something up. No, I had something up and it's gone now. Oh, no. It magically disappeared. Oh, no. But he, he's a guy who's like typically in that six, seven target range. And obviously, you know, Odell Beckham hasn't been uh, the guy who's been staying on the field as of much. So Landry's always had had that opportunity to shine during moments of this season. But for me, like, you know what you're going to get. That's why you're taking him in round 10 or so. Like, he's a wide receiver that's kind of kept on a run-first run, run first offense. So he's shown some efficiency in the red zone in his NFL career. But other than that, like, I think he's just kind of – He's better in PPR, but he could do a little bit better with late round value if you want something more upside pick. I'm just out on the Browns. And I respect that for sure. And, you know, uh, with Landry, he had over 100 targets. He just had over 100 targets last year. I can't see him seeing any more than that. If anything, he probably will see less because Odell is on the field here. Again, he is just, he's a guy who, who's going to get you maybe. 8 to 12 fantasy points most weeks. Again, not horrible, not bad, but he's never going to help you win a week. And I think if you're looking, again, he probably shouldn't be in this high upside tier here. Uh, Just, again, this is basically kind of where he fell overall. Uh, He's probably in the tier below this without the upside. As your wide receiver four, you're expecting him to help you out on bye weeks and not lose you a week. And he's not going to help you win one, but, uh, again, he's – I love Landry. He's a Dolphin, so, I mean, I love him, but – uh, he just doesn't have that upside enough for fantasy to make him that much of an attractive option for, for us this year. And let's over to those wide receiver fours here. we got two more tiers to go with this one here. And this one includes, I can't remember the first one off my top of my head here. So I'm going to go LaVisha Chenault, Jalen Waddle. Is it Debo? I thought I had Debo before in the other one. Negative. No, I said, it said Samuel up here. Hold on. Hold on one second, guys. Curtis Samuel, sorry about that. Um, this Curtis. Is not Curtis Samuel, Jalen oh. Waddle, Hollywood Brown, um, Mike Williams, uh, Michael Pittman, and Corey Davis. This is who it is. I thought it was I, thought I missed someone. I 
It's so hard to remember all these names at once. Gosh. All yeah, right. Well, I think I already forgot them. Here. Uh, Chenault actually has just passed Curtis Samuel because Curtis Samuel was coming off of, you know, uh, injury. Uh, he was on the pump list. But uh, I want to stick with uh, LaVishich Chenault here. Do you believe in him? Do you believe he can thrive under this offense here with uh, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, obviously uh, this new coaching regime? I think he can. And, like, he was a rookie last year, and he had um, definitely some moments where he was utilized in various of ways, whether he was a quarterback, running back, and stuff like that. I think he still could be kind of used like that. But they obviously have uh, Travis Etienne. So um, I think he could kind of stay relative to where he was at last year. I know they brought in Marvin Jones also as a receiver for – Trevor Lawrence to throw to and besides that you know DJ Shark is still there so there's gonna there's a lot of mouths to feed on the offense but I don't mind taking him as an upside pick just because I think he could do it all I don't think he will just be just a your typical wide receiver three that you're getting on many other teams like he could run he could be a yak guy he could catch it between the passes so like I like that yeah, he's definitely an, an option in this offense. I don't know if Travis Etienne hurts his value of where Etienne is going to play on the field, and that's the biggest mystery, honestly, at the moment, is if Etienne sees a lot more of those wide you know, slot rolls options on his play there because he's so dynamic in the, um, the passing game. So I'm a little hesitant on him, honestly, right now because I just don't know what's going to happen. One thing I did know about when I did watch a lot of film on Trevor Lawrence was that he liked to throw short. He threw short more often than not here. And maybe there's enough targets to go around if Chanel can stay healthy. And that's one of his big things, too, is being able to stay healthy on the offense here. He could end up making some real noise, possibly. Um, again, you're, it's a boomer bust kind of risk here. And as your wide receiver four, I think it's a fine risk to take at this point in the draft because he has that upside to probably maybe catch over well over 70 balls uh, and maybe see red zone opportunity. I remember he was like a running back. He was everything uh, at his college. I can't think of where he went to college. Is it Colorado State or something like that? No, not Colorado State. Somewhere. Um, but he was all used all over the place. And if Urban Meyer can kind of do that with him in, in the NFL here now, maybe he has a shot to really provide more than just a wide receiver for upside right now. Going over the next player here now, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, uh, I mean, Rashad Bateman's out. Sammy Watkins got hurt today. I mean, Hollywood Brown has his own injury, but uh, is he someone that you're willing to target or is your kind of like a void kind of scenario with him? I don't know how to feel about him. Like, <laughs> he, he's just something else, man. Uh, um, Yeah, I, I think I'll give him a shot. Like, it's pretty much a low risk. I knew we were drafting him last year in that, like, wide receiver, I mean, round five, six range typically. And now you're getting him basically two times that uh, – cost so if you're picking them in around 11 12 you know Rashad Bateman's not going to be back what what they say like three weeks after the season starts at least or something like that it could be the month of September or so 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 you know he's gonna have a little bit of head start obviously if I'm taking one guy in this offense it's gonna be Mark Andrews receiving weapon at least but if he could stay healthy and the Ravens actually come true on the word of actually getting this passing game actually fluid and they could operate better i think marquise brown could be that guy for you who's going to be uh i want to say league winner but he could provide you immense value for where you're taking him at especially given like the way he finished last year so 
I think I'll take a shot on him. Yeah, I'm pretty much off of him, honestly. Um, I know he did a great he had a stretch of games down down the stretch last year that was fantastic, and maybe it helped you win your fantasy week. But again, he still has his injury problems this year. I mean, I if these guys aren't seeing the field, maybe he'll see the targets. But once these guys get back, though, they're I mean, again, Sam Watkins could just be you know banged up a little bit. He's likely to miss multiple weeks though, anyway. Uh, but if when Bateman gets back on the field, he's going to be the main guy. They have Andrew still. They're going to focus on the run game still. I mean, you have a solid duo back there and Lamar Jackson. Um, so for me, it's honestly, he's just a deep threat guy. He's like a really poor man's Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Brown, poor man's Deshaun Jackson, where he's just not going to see that boom as much as we want him to. And I, at this point, as even a wide receiver four, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be that thrilled to get him. Honestly, there's some more guys right after this. I'd rather have honestly. Um, and the next guy I want to mention here is Corey Davis. Corey Davis now, obviously, big signing over for the New York Jets this coming season here. And, again, he's been doing well in camp here now, but is he someone, Jibs, that you would like right now in this? Like, do you take him as maybe the second or third option in this group here? Are there too many guys that put them on that that list? Uh, For me, I think the only person – if I'm taking a chance on the Jets receiving core, I'm going to take my shot with Elijah Moore. It's no offense to none of the veterans, but I'd rather just have someone who has more upside. I know Corey Davis finally proved his mark in the NFL and got the contract he so deserves. But the Jets, to me, like – I know they have a new coaching staff and all that, but last year that offense wasn't any good and – Jamison Crowder, for what it was worth, he had 86 targets and he caught 59 of them. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a um, – I don't know how much of the philosophy change will be making Zach Wilson throw more passes, but I don't think there's enough um, uh, to go around for me taking Corey Davis at what he's worth right now at pick 129 or the wide receiver 49. And I get that. I, I do like Corey Davis. You know, someone asked me today, do you like the Jets wide receivers? And I'm like, yeah, I do like the Jets wide receivers. I think they can be somewhat relevant this year with Zach Wilson. Obviously, I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. Um, Corey Davis isn't going to be, I think, if you look at the rest of these uh, players in this tier here, he doesn't possess that big upside where I think any of these players, you could possibly make a case for them being a top 15 wide receiver, possibly maybe top 20, whatever. I don't know if you can make that same case for a guy like Corey Davis. Uh, I think he will be a solid contributor. I mean, he did pretty solid last year overall when he was on the field. I think he finished – if I could find out where he finished at. He finished – trying to see. Hold on one second, guys. He finished – PPR and standard wide receiver 30. Wide receiver 30. Okay, so he's finishing as a wide receiver 3. I just don't see him finishing as a wide receiver 2 or better this season. So I think as your wide receiver four, it's a pretty safe option. He's like this area's uh, Jarvis Landry, where if you get him as your four, you know he's not going to be a big boom guy, but he'll put up decent, consistent numbers that will get you by week in, week out most likely. Um, But don't expect him to go over the top even though he has his new contract and he's supposedly their wide receiver one on this team here right now. And then last part of this tier here, do you prefer Mike Williams or do you want Michael Pittman? No, I'm going to give one more shot with uh, Mike Williams. I'm more of a believer in Justin Herbert and that Colts quarterback situation and offensive line scares me a little bit. So I'll give the edge for the fifth, going on fifth-year wide receiver. Okay, wow. We don't really agree too often here. We agree a lot very often, but I'm going to go Michael Pittman, honestly, personally. 
Um, I know that the quarterback situations look shaky right now in, in, in Indy compared to obviously Justin Herbert and L.A., but Michael Pittman, I think, will be their wide receiver one. I think he has that talent to do it. I mean, he's a shorthanded receiver here, bigger body frame who can produce yards after the catch. Um, someone has to catch passes there. It, this offense can't be as bad that bad this year because the O-line and defense are that great. Um, I expect Pittman to possibly, you know, see that, you know, thousand yard season, six touchdown kind of year for him and possibly see close up to 85 receptions this year because he's done it in college. You know, he had a hundred receptions in college, which isn't something that happens for a lot of wide receivers in college. So I expect him to be pretty good this year. I think if you get him as your wide receiver four, you're thrilled right now. And I think I've been getting him everywhere as my four or five. And I've been very, very happy with that situation there. All right, Jeb, just finish it up for the night here. Uh, wide receiver, high-end wide receiver fives. This just goes over the 50 mark, so I did cheat a little bit here, and we won't have to get into Darrell Mooney because I'm pretty sure you can me both agree that Darrell Mooney is amazing. He's probably the best one out of the group for, for me. Exactly. So we won't mention because we think we talked about Mooney more than enough here at this point. If you're getting measure wide receiver five, you've got to be thrilled with that. Um, so let's talk about these three here real quick. Gallup. Let's start with Gallup here. You know, Gallup, you know, ended up pretty decent last year. I think he finished wide receiver 36, just outside of wide receiver three range or right in that wide receiver three range. Um, but with that coming back, does he at least intrigue you to add him as your fourth or fifth wide receiver? Oh, of course. Like I'm, um, I guess I'm in the camp for thinking the Dallas offense could be one of the top five offenses in football this year. And we saw with the abysmal season last year that these guys were able to kind of have the seasons that they had. So I think Gallup could, he's not going to be on the pecking order of targets and he's going to have his up and down weeks, but for a bench wide receiver like that, who's going to have a hundred plus targets. I think that's not something you can't pass up at all. And a good offense. Yeah. And I, I agree too. I think he's a safe wide receiver five for you and he'll get his boom weeks at some times. Uh, again, he's on a contract year, so he's going to ball out when he can this year. He wants to get that next contract. He wants to you know, take that next step here in the offense at this point and, and do something really great with it. And if you can get him, you should be thrilled with that right now, uh, this coming season here. Um, sitting over these last two guys here now, Henry, uh, Henry Ruggs and Devontae Parker here. Out of these two, which one would you prefer? I'm going super high upside. I'm going Gallup. I mean, I'm, Gallup. <laughs> I'm going Henry Ruggs. Um, just, just in fact, like if I'm missing, if I'm going to hit or miss on a pick like this, like your last wide receiver on your bench, like I want a guy who could be game breaker, not a guy who's breaking his ankle, literally. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the same boat, unfortunately. Henry Ruggs is just has that upside that we haven't seen yet. Again, it's unknown if it's going to get unlocked in LA, uh, LA uh, Vegas because of where the offense is running currently and it runs through Darren Waller in the run game. Um, but Ruggs has that potential. I know he's been building up muscle. He's been, you know, they've been using him in different ways, this offense. Parker, again, it's a Miami guy, so I'm like not trying to be biased here whatsoever. I just Parker has just seen way too many injuries. I think 2019 was his high year, and I think that's what you're going to get of his career. When it's all said and done, 2019 was his best season, and I don't think you're getting that again from this year again again as a Dolphins fan I hope Parker does amazing but I, I just as a fantasy person uh, I just don't see it really happening honestly I, you're expecting him to do a lot with more targets going to other places at this point where he had just fed targets last two years ago it's not going to happen and his injury history is just not shown 
that he can stay up for 17 games. And one more case for Ruggs, you could just kind of see like what Nelson Aguilar did last year. And, you know, just he caught a lot of deep balls from Derek Carr. And I think he, given the chance he could sell in that role, they they give him shots at the end of the year. But I, I want to see how he evolves being his second year and kind of just improving on his conditioning, like you said yeah. before. Yeah, no, I uh, definitely love that for sure. But uh, that is our wide receiver tier two. Part two, I know it says part three in our title, and I realized that after the fact we started, but it's part two, guys. Uh, we will have a part three at some point as well when we get down to those late round wide receivers. Um, but again, we went over a lot of wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours. Um, those are the big chunk of that that seven to ten range round there. You're getting your wide receivers here. Again, there's some great players there, some floor guys, some high upsides guys who can be those wide receiver twos. There's a lot of great um a lot of great wide receivers in this tier. So hopefully you guys took away some great takes for your guys' drafts that are coming up. You know, we're in the middle of August now. Uh, redraft season is basically here at this point. Uh, I know I have like five drafts and scheduled over the next three weeks, which is going to be very exciting. So uh, let's finish up here with some news that we got going on, not in the NFL, but in the fantasy coaches, guys. Um, as always, go check out our website. It's down below here at, fan- at www.thefantasycoaches.com. Our great writing staff is putting some great articles out there. Our boy Coach Tom just put a great article out there about some players that he's uh, uh, he's loving, he's hating, and he's getting rid of uh, this this coming season here. So check that out. Uh, as always, we have our ranking sitting up there that uh, we'll keep updated as much as possible for you guys. And tune in. If you're around Wednesday, guys, please tune in on Wednesday. We're doing our Fantasy Coaches Potathon uh, from 5 p.m. to 11 trying to help raise money for the Humane Society, trying to give back to those who don't really have a voice and and, and trying to help them out. Um, our fantasy charity leagues are going to be starting the same day, and we're going to have a ton of guests every 30 minutes from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, come join in, talk, or answer your fantasy questions. Uh, we'll give you updates on the league. We're going to be doing some other cool games as we go throughout it. And just going to have a good time uh, and try to help raise money for some some of our furry creatures out there. So uh, please tune in this Wednesday, October, October, August 18th, 5 p.m. Eastern time, guys. Um, As always, you can find us. That's if you can find us on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy, which will be live there, YouTube and Facebook. And if you ever want to reach out to me or Jibs, uh, you can do that at Coach Stephen P. Hot take honcho. So give us a follow, guys. Reach out to us. We're always here to help you guys out. It's kind of why we're doing this. Um, so we like you. We appreciate you guys listening in tonight. Uh, tune in until Wednesday when we have the potathon, guys. So take care and have a great one, guys. The bag is not far fed. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mighty has entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up, I'm a head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.